As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job or a new full-time role, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com. That's ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The man with the golden pipes has spoken, and I am here, here to guide you through the next hour of an uncertain world that's abundant with problems, but tonight, we don't look for solutions. Yeah, I know our society has a lot of questions, but I don't have any answers. For the next hour, we have but one goal, to simply enjoy ourselves. I'm Bernie Frado. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. So go to geico.com for a free rate quote. In about 15 minutes, the great Al Bernstein will join us. Time to talk a little boxing, and you're going to love it. Plus, Al has a new production in the works, and well, we'll share that. Meanwhile, we continue with our award-winning segment later in the show, Mackin' on the NBA. We've got more Jordan stories. We're going to get you ready for the second installment of The Last Dance, part three and four. Got a little preview for you. And we'll break it down what happened last week, too. This is Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. As they say in Ken Herbeck, Minnesota, it's going to be lit. All right, let's not bury the lead. The NFL draft was this week. We all watched it. The numbers were staggering. A lot of cool highlights. How about those Carolina Panthers, the first team in common draft era to use all of their picks on defensive players. Maybe Matt Rule's got something up his sleeve. How about the Minnesota Vikings? They selected a total of 15 players. That is the most by any team in the current seven-round draft format. And meanwhile, 14 LSU players were selected. That's the most by any school in seven rounds since the USC Trojans of the mid-'70s. So let's not bury the lead because... Number one, drafted overall, we knew it was coming, by the Cincinnati Bengals was Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow's a star, and Joe Burrow deserves it. And Joe Burrow is about to face a certain burden that I'm going to allude to. And by the way, 
let's not make fun of the Cincinnati Bengals and they call them the Bungles and they're going to screw this up and he's going to a terrible team. Look, Cincinnati actually has a pretty good history with quarterbacks. Kenny Anderson, Boomer Esiason, Carson Palmer, Andy Dalton. They weren't slouches. And I actually think Joe Burrow, the things he brings to the table, his confidence, his accuracy, his decision-making, these are all things that are going to translate in the NFL. Joe Burrow is a star. But here comes the big butt, Pee-wee. And there's an old saying, a star might win you one game, but a team might win them all. Well, what if you had an entire team of stars? Let me explain. Because the burden I'm talking about, Joe Joe Burrow is about to face the burden of expectation that can only come with being drafted number one overall. It's a different scrutiny. If you don't believe me, ask Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, David Carr, right on down the line. Cumulatively, players who have drafted number one overall that were quarterbacks in this millennium, a career cumulative record, 47% winning percentage. That's not great. And only one of them in that whole group has won a Super Bowl, Eli Manning. But let's get back to Joe Burrow, because this is probably the third best team that Burrow will play for. Everybody forgets. There was a team back in 2015. As I just said, a star might win you one game, but a team might win them all. What if you had an entire team of stars? Do the names Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Eli Apple, Taylor Decker, Darren Lee, Michael Thomas, Von Bell, Adolphus Washington, Nick Vanette, and Joshua Perry, do they ring a bell? That reads like an NFL roster. That's because it could have been. And Joe Burrow, who was just chosen Thursday as the first overall in the 2020 NFL draft, just became the exclamation point for the greatest on-paper college roster of all time. See, those were simpler times back then. Joe was merely a third-string unknown freshman quarterback behind J.T. Barrett and Cardell Jones. See, before Burrow became this record-setting, cigar-smoking, Kind of cocky, but fairly humble transfer quarterback who led LSU to a huge national championship win over Clemson last season. Burrow was a relative unknown. He was a freshman at Ohio State in 2015. Now, that 2015 Ohio State team, yes, the one that didn't go to the college football playoff, was so absurdly talented. It's easy to draw a blank on them and that team and Burrow because you didn't know he was on it or you forgot he was an afterthought because this was a roster that featured five first-round NFL draft picks who have all already had a profound impact on the sport at its highest level. Urban Meyer said it's as talented as a team as he's ever had. But again, think expectations. And they were returning national champions. The 2015 team from which this group resembled or represented, excuse me, has been totally underappreciated, very simply. Because on November 21st, 2015, they lost to a Michigan State team that Ohio State was a lot better than. And so it's hard to stake a claim as the best team in the country if you don't have a national title. And it's also not out of the ordinary for one program to produce at least a dozen draft picks in one year. It's actually happened 25 times. But the 2015 Buckeyes, well, they cemented their place in history because of what rounds those players were drafted in and what they continue to accomplish in the NFL. Here's my point. They haven't just made it. They're dominating. Michael Thomas. He holds the NFL single-season receptions record with 140 in 2019. No receiver has had more receptions, 470, or receiving yards, 5,500 through their first four seasons in history. How about Ezekiel Elliott, the fourth most rushing yards, 5,400 in Cowboys history? 
And Joey Bosa, he's won the Defensive Rookie of the Year in 2016, and he was tied for eighth in sacks in his career in those last four years. 40, third in pressures. The guy's an animal. See, but Ohio State, they finished seventh that year. And while a 12-1 finish should still be considered a remarkable season by most standards, it fell way below the lofty expectations because they didn't win a second straight title. Had they won back-to-back, they would have arguably been the best team in history, the most celebrated team in history. That's what they were expected to do. Back to the burden of expectation for Joe Burrow. See, it's a funny thing about expectations, because if Burrow had been drafted 23rd overall, or in the later rounds, well, the quantum physics surrounding his relative success versus expectations would be far different. Just ask Dan Marino, or Aaron Rodgers, or Teddy Bridgewater. Joe Burrow with all the pomp and circumstance surrounding his number one pick, is about to experience the ultimate burden of expectation. I'm rooting for Joe. Just keep that in mind when the season rolls around and you bet on or against the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, I want to get something off my chest. On to Michael Jordan and the last dance. Because, see, the elephant in the room as to why Jordan mysteriously disappeared for two seasons has been wrought with innuendo. Was he suspended? Was it gambling? Did David Stern blackball Michael until the dust settled? I'm going to weigh in on these musings, and I'm going to debunk them. There's a conspiracy theory. See, it's impossible to cover Jordan's gambling exploits without discussing the 1993 retirement from basketball and the gambling-related conspiracy theory that flowed. How did it start? Well, there was a Chicago Bulls guard... And he became a broadcaster, and his name is Norm Van Leer, and he's most notably credited as the instigator of this sort of discourse. But in fairness, it wasn't just him. There were many folks that seemed to agree with him. Now, after the death of Michael's father, James Jordan, in December 93, Van Leer began discussing on Chicago Sports Radio as a possible connection between the elder Jordan's murder and his son's gambling exploits. Now, the league, well, they'd already conducted two internal investigation of Jordan's gambling in 92, which centered around some checks found during criminal investigations, and one was at a crime scene investigation at the home of a murdered bail bondsman. Neither of those investigations resulted in any official public discipline for Michael Jordan. And according, in fact, to an author by the name of Roland Lazenby, who once wrote a book on Jordan called The Life, he said the NBA commissioner David Stern had told reporters that the league's Latest investigation of Jordan was closed, emphasizing he was certain, David Stern was certain, Jordan had never bet on NBA games and was not suffering from any gambling addiction. But when Jordan retired later that summer in 93, a columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times named Dave Kindred, he speculated and he even wrote in the paper that Jordan's retirement was tied to gambling exploits. Jordan himself said, regarding a possible return to the league, when he was announcing his retirement, he said, well, if David Stern lets me back in, well, that fed the conspiracy talk. But see, Jordan was a smart ass. And I was told by people I trust that Stern begged him not to go. And in the uh, investigation, Jordan once said, I'm no Pete Rose. And David Stern, by the way, when directly asked, was always emphatic that the conspiracy talk was absurd. But Jordan was mad at Stern. He felt that, that his defense didn't go far enough, but Stern, on the other hand, told Michael that if he defended him too much, it would just only fuel the discussion. The best reasoning, I'm coming to my punchline here, the best reasoning for putting the conversation to bed that Jordan was suspended for gambling comes from the author Lazenby, who noted both in his book and multiple articles that for Jordan, quote, to become the majority owner of the Charlotte Bobcats or Hornets, 
he would have had to have cleared the, the investigation process and have David Stern's approval. What's the greatest proof that Jordan never did such a thing? Jordan was already a minority owner of the Bobcats in 2007, and he would become the majority owner just a few days after his perceived indiscretions. Somehow overlooked in the process of Jordan becoming an owner is the closest thing the public will ever get an answer about the conspiracy theory because NBA Commissioner David Stern and Jordan were never close friends, but Stern worked very hard behind the scenes to make sure that Jordan's ownership happened. And once it happened, the commissioner continued to back him and help in the adjustment. That's pretty airtight to me. Now, no one denies that Jordan gambled, and at times he gambled compulsively, but every biography, every piece of text makes it fairly clear that the problems that caused Jordan were merely embarrassment. In fact, they never really posed a deadly risk to the careful public image that he had personally cultivated for his marketing success. So think about it. There you have it. Did Bud Seelig want Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame? Does Roger Goodell want Ray Rice back on the field? Well, you know the answer. But David Stern, it's very clear, he wanted Michael Jordan in the NBA with a white-hot intensity of a million suns. Actions speak louder than words. I rest my case. David Stern came through for Michael Jordan. Up next, we'll be joined by an icon. His name is Al Bernstein. We're going to take a little walk down boxing memory lane. And Al's got a current project he's just starting up as well. You want to hear about that. Have you heard what our friends at Lowe's have been doing during draft week? Lowe's has been sharing stories of Red Vest Associates who are stepping up during the crisis. Our heartfelt thanks to all of the Lowe's Red Vests and everything they're doing to support their communities when it comes, when it's been needed most. Up next, Al Bernstein. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! The great Bernie Fratto, folks. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich, and if you're traveling to see your favorite team this spring, you have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, and mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest, so odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games in the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate Hotels' locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW, C-R-S-H-O-W. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. Hey, it's Covino and Rich, and much like you, we work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids, and we've worked hard to build a nice home. And you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. 
The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash crshow for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. And again, you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash show. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We are back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Let's welcome in a gentleman who's the preeminent commentator of this generation's epic boxing matches, the Poet Laureate of championship caliber fights. Say hello to Al Bernstein. Al, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Good to be with you. You know, Al, uh, the Gettysburg Address was two minutes and Hagler Hearns was eight minutes. We just had the 35th year anniversary of that fight. You called it with Al uh, Michaels. And who can forget, Hagler's face is covered with blood and we can't see where it's coming from. Can <laughs> boxing ever find that kind of glory again, Al? Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, the 80s were was a decade uh, for the sport that was extraordinary. Maybe the best decade ever in the history of the sport. Uh, some people like Gil Clancy, who had seen many decades before it, um, actually suggested that to me. So, um, and certainly since then, you know, um, not, nothing can really live up to the 80s. It was an extraordinary time. And uh, that, the Four Kings uh, here in Las Vegas created great excitement. Absolutely. And, uh, Interestingly enough, the only fight I've ever been to in person was Dooku Kim Ray Boom Boom Mancini, but that's a conversation for a different day. What do you remember most about the Hagler Hearns fight, Al? Well, the the atmosphere was just unbelievable. You know, um, the, right after the walk in of the two fighters, uh, I, I took my headphones off just to when they were both standing in the ring, just to kind of drink in the moment. Uh, and I've never done that before, but it's something I now do every single time I do a boxing match on TV. Um, it became like a, you know, a tradition for me. Um, and it was amazing just the, the electricity in that, in that, on that outdoor stadium. And it, that was true of the whole weekend. The fight was held on a Monday, interestingly enough, on, ta- on tax day, April 15th. And, um, so it was a long weekend here in Las Vegas, and the the city was just alive with excitement, and the fight lived up to every every expectation. 
We're with Hall of Fame boxing commentator Al Bernstein. Al, before we get to Fury Wilder, which I want you to touch on, do you think Floyd will ever fight again? And I, by the way, I'm with you on the 80s. I'm of the belief, and I want to do a quick lightning round, if Floyd were to fight Roberto Duran, Sugar Ray Leonard, Tommy Hearns, or Aaron Pryor, what do you think his cumulative record would be against those four? Well, I guess we'd have, we're presuming he's fighting only one fight against them. Um, right. It would be the, uh, I think you said, well, Leonard he would have a really hard time with. I don't think, did you include Tommy Hearns in that list? I no? did. We'll start with Leonard. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Tommy Hearns is the worst matchup of all for Floyd. Um, I, I can't imagine him beating Hearns. I can't imagine him beating Leonard. I think Pryor would be very difficult. And Duran is the most winnable fight, and the reason for that is because you weren't sure exactly which Duran was going to show up. And um, so if the Duran that wasn't at his absolute best showed up, then I think he would. the, the style of Mayweather could give him problems. Um, but I, you know, this is in no way to denigrate Floyd Mayweather, who's a terrific fighter Absolutely. and uh, the best of our generation. But um, Leonard and, Her- and uh, Hearns and Aaron Pryor were uh, of, they were cut from a, kind of a cloth that you just seldom see. Well, I, for my humble opinion, I agree. I don't think you would beat Leonard or Hearns. I just felt they were both finishers, and I'm not sure that Floyd's the finisher that they were. Speaking of finishers, let's look ahead to Fury Wilder Part 3. It's delayed till October. The fact that it's delayed, does that possibly, Al, in your view, help uh, Wilder and his ability to maybe straighten out his footwork? Well, I think, I don't know, you know, the, whether he, how much he can alter what he does remains to be seen. He, you know, he's He's heading to his mid-30s, and he has been fighting for a long time, and I don't know if there's going to be some miracle change in him. But, um, but you know, let's remember, even though uh, Tyson Fury has won most of the rounds they fought with each other, uh, you know, Wilder was within one second of having a knockout win in the first fight. So clearly, he, right. you know, under the right circumstances, he could hurt Tyson Fury and, um, you know, make something happen. But I, you know, I, the delay I think is okay for Wilder anyway because I think for him to have rushed back into that fight might not have been the best thing in any case. So maybe the 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 length the lengthier delay would just help him in general. But I don't I don't think we're going to see a wildly different uh, Deontay Wilder. He's going to have to figure out I think a, a way to land the right hand again against Tyson Fury and. Uh, change a lot of things for this third fight. Al, you've got an exciting new project that you just debuted. Tell the folks about that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I just um, debuted my uh, a new podcast slash show. It's um, a podcast plus it's uh, on YouTube with video, and um, it's called Al Bernstein Un- Unplugged, and it's uh, a boxing show uh, in which I. Uh, uh, do um, interviews with boxing personalities. We had Andre Ward, and I just did Brian Custer, our, the host of our Showtime Championship Boxing. Bob Arum is going to be on this Friday, uh, and it's show that post Friday, and Sean Porter is joining us. And uh, I also do a flashback in the show, going 
and the first one I did was actually the Hagler-Hearns fight, um, and which I go revisit one of the great moments uh, that I've had in the last 40 years. And I also do uh, question and answers with the fans that send those questions in by Twitter. And so it's it's been a fun project so far. Sounds like a lot of fun. By the way, I'd like to get your thoughts on Hagler-Leonard as well. I saw that fight and I know that uh, Marvin Hagler chased Roy Firestone in the parking lot saying, what happened, Roy? I won. I got robbed. What is your take on that fight? Well, I, I would have uh, uh, judged it a very narrow victory for Hagler. Um, I don't know if he was robbed. The one score by Jojo Guerra was ridiculous. I think he had a 118-111 for Leonard. That was ludicrous. Um, <laughs> it was a fight, yeah, it was a fight that could have gone either way. Um, I think Marvin made a mistake by fighting the first three rounds right-handed, I, I, which I don't know where that came from. Um, and I think he gave rounds away. Um, but I still think he, he did enough to, to win the fight by, uh, you know, it was either a seven. It was either a draw or it was seven to five for Hagler, in my opinion. Al, let me ask you a question. Uh, for my money, under the radar, boxing could be, approaching a bit of a renaissance and you know everybody's enamored with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder but Anthony Joshua was right behind them and there's a handful are there some up-and-comers we should keep our eye on in terms of truly talented fighters that can make a name for themselves in the coming years well boxing you know the last three the last I mean the last four or five or six years boxing has I think had a bit of a renaissance and now with um Boxing being on the uh, over-the-air networks on uh, Fox and also uh, on ESPN back again um, in a big way, and of course we still uh, very active on Showtime and a lot of different platforms uh, plus the Zone. Um, boxing's more available to people, and and I think that's a, a positive. And more importantly, the product that boxing has put on. And I'm not a cheerleader for the sport; I cover it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I believe the product that boxing's put out there has been infinitely uh, better than it was, let's say, in the, uh, it's my opinion, in the early 2000s uh, or just in the late 1990s. Um, and I uh, I think that the, the strength of boxing really lies more in the other weight divisions, not even, you know, the heavyweight divisions kind of started to get interesting in the last couple of years again, but the sport has been carried by, you know, other weight divisions. The welterweight division has just tremendous depth of talent, as does the 154-pound division. Um, you know, that division with Jamel Charlo and um, uh, and so many other, you know, really, really good fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, and the welterweight division has, you know, uh, so many good fighters. So I, I think the lower weight divisions are where a lot of the big talent pools lie. Wrapping it up with Al Bernstein, Hall of Fame boxing commentator. Al, Al I'm going to kind of come out of left field on this one. Will Floyd ever fight again? I don't think so. You know, I think we may, I think he's 43 now, and I think we're reaching a point where, you know, I, and of course that's the kind of prediction you can easily you know, be wrong with, I think, you know, so it, but I just, I have a feeling, no, you know, and especially now, look, we're, we're looking at the future delay and, uh, although boxing, I think will come back in the next several months, probably without crowds. 
um, probably before, you know boxing and the mixed martial arts will probably make its appearance uh, before the other sports because it's a little more uh, feasible to bring back a sport that only has two competitors um, with no audience. But uh, but I, even that addition to the I just I just not sure that I see uh, Mayweather coming back to to uh, fight again. I want to thank you for joining us, Al. Tell everybody where they can find your latest product. Yeah, um, it's on YouTube. Uh, it's on all the places you get your, your podcasts as well. Uh, Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, all the, all the normal places. Uh, you can hear it as a podcast, or as I say, you can watch it as a video show on YouTube. And it's called Albernstein Unplugged. And uh, we've had some really nice response to it. So I hope everybody will enjoy it. Terrific, Al. Thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Best to you and, and all your future endeavors. Yeah, good to be with you. Take care. Thanks, Al. That's Al Bernstein, a gentleman and a Boxing Hall of Fame commentator. He's been around. He knows it all. Check him out. And I, I tell you, he's really he's presided over some of the most epic fights in history and hopefully will do so as well again in the future. During the draft, we recognize the best, and Lowe's is recognizing associates who've stepped up in major ways during the pandemic. Join all of us in the Fox Sports Radio family as we thank all of the Lowe's Red Vest associates and everything they're doing to support their communities. What's next for the last dance? We are going to preview it. But first, let's go to the guy who's so cool his former landlord used him as a reference, it's Brian Finley with the latest. Hey, thanks, Bernie. Love the intro. Saturday showcasing the final rounds of the NFL draft. And Patriots head coach Bill Belichick had some explaining to do after New England declined to use any of their picks on a quarterback. We've drafted them in multiple years and multiple points in the draft. Didn't work out the last three days. That wasn't by design. It could have, but it didn't. Again, there are multiple ways to build your team. We'll see whether or not that comes up at a different point in time. The Pats did dig into that undrafted free agent market and signed a quarterback in Louisiana Tech's Jamar Smith. 13 quarterbacks were drafted over the seven rounds, four coming in that seventh and final round on Saturday, including Iowa's Nate Stanley, one of five Hawkeyes to hear their name called in the draft. Other notables, including two punters getting selected. Yes, Braden Mann became the first off the board, going to the Jets in the sixth round out of Texas A&M. He was a team captain on the Aggies. Some other notables that were undrafted, Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon inks a deal with the Seahawks. Thaddeus Moss, the son of Randy Moss, joining forces with the Redskins. And Utah's dual-threat quarterback Tyler Huntley to the Ravens. Have you heard what our friends at Lowe's have been doing during draft week? Lowe's has been sharing the stories of Red Vest associates who are stepping up during the crisis. Our heartfelt thanks to all of the Lowe's Red Vests and everything they are doing to support their communities when it has been needed most. And finally, ESPN is reporting the NBA will allow team facilities to open up starting this Friday in regions of the country where the government's stay-at-home orders are easing. The players' granted access are forbidden, though, at this time from staging a team practice. Back to our main man, Bernie Fratto. Brian, did you watch the draft, and what did you think of the format? I loved it. It was amazing. I love all the awkward moments we saw. I felt like we were watching a real-life version of the Truman Show because we got to see Bill <laughs> Belichick's dog. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. So we saw Bill Belichick's dog, and 
lot of people thought maybe the dog made the selections based upon the lack of a quarterback, but that's for another story. Then we saw Cliff Kingsbury and his ego showing off his house. Mike Vrabel putting on some choreographed show with somebody assuming that his son was on the John. And then you saw Bernie, CeeDee Lamb's girlfriend, try to take CeeDee's second phone and then he yanks it out of her. So there were a lot of great, fun, entertaining things. This needs to happen more. The awkward moments, the real moments. It was a pleasure to watch. And I think we all can kind of feel the same sentiment. Well, 16 million people enjoyed it. Chris Perfett, what do you think? I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was a change of pace. I, I, I missed the idea of the Bellagio Fountains a little bit, but there there was a lot of fun moments, as Brian said, and I thought the star of the night, I never thought I would say this, was Roger Goodell, looking like a sleepy Mr. Rogers himself. And, you know, he usually only hosts day one. He had to host day two as well, and he was getting really exhausted by the end. But it was uh, kind of funny watching him try to hug a TV and everything. Just very, very fun, very fun couple of nights, I thought. All right, before we, thanks, guys. Before we get to Mackinac on the NBA with our own Mackenzie Rivers, what did you think of the draft? I loved it. It was a treat from the news fairy. I mean, with, with no sports, what you need is Aaron Rodgers. He's on the clock. It, it, it's the only time you're going to watch a non-game and see the league change in front of your eyes. Aaron Rodgers on the way out. I think they did a spectacular job. Save that. That's a little tease for the D block. Uh, Mackinac on the NBA is a feature it's a segment we started february 8th and it was doing great uh the nba season ended but we're going to continue with this segment because suspended it's coming back it's coming back your mouth to god's ears we'll we'll we'll, we'll see i I, i'm really starting to wonder myself but i make no predictions of that but i'll tell you what i will make predictions of i've been given an advanced thought as to what you can expect for tomorrow night's the last dance uh one and two uh segments one and two or Episodes one and two, excuse me, were spectacular, and they're right in my wheelhouse because I lived through that. So one of the things you're going to see tomorrow night, Sleepy, the world is going to be introduced to a different-looking Dennis Rodman because people do not realize what a phenomenal basketball player Rodman really was. Uh, he could rebound, he could defend, and everybody remembers last week they were – you know, exposed to the real Scottie Pippen, and he didn't get the surgery, and he came back late into the season, and the Bulls were struggling. Someone needed to fill that void. Jordan took Rodman under his under his arm. Rodman stepped up big time, and you said something today on the phone that I agree with. Rodman's a better player than Pippen, and I agree for one reason. Rodman could, could affect the game without even having the ball in his hand. I mean, if you're talking about replacement value, I believe you can get a Danny Granger or a Paul George or a Glenn Rice, whoever small forward you want to fill that Scottie Pippen role. He's not going to be elite defensively, but he's going to fill that role. He's going to be Jordan's, you know, spell man while he scores the rest of the 80% of the time being the main focus of the offense. But Rodman brought something that you could not buy off the shelf. Remember, he wasn't just part of one dynasty. He was part of two of the most dominant teams in Pistons bad boys. History. I was just looking at their championship run. They went 30 and 7 two years in the playoffs. That's like the 2000 Lakers. That's like the 17 18 Warriors. That's like the 96 97 Bulls. I mean, Rodman and the bad boy Pistons just ran through the league at that time. Well, and that's right in my wheelhouse. I was right there in the middle of that. The Pistons were a whisker from three peating because they took the Lakers to game seven in 1988. Then they came back and won it in 89 and 90, which is a great segue into the second thing you're going to see tomorrow night, and that's going to be the Jordan Rules, the bad boys strategy, 
which was to physically beat up Michael Jordan, and it's going to culminate in that fateful game in 1991 when the Pistons and Isaiah Thomas walked off the floor and they were losing the series to the Bulls before the game ended, didn't shake the Bulls' hands. Jordan is still ticked off about that to this day. And you hear Isaiah Thomas in the news. He's you know getting ready for that moment when everyone calls him a jerk again. And he's like, the 86, 87 Celtics did the same thing to us when we lost, and they lost their championship belt. To me... No big deal. 40 seconds on the clock, four seconds on the clock. I mean, I understand the idea of sportsmanship, but when you work as hard and overcome as many obstacles as those bad boys Pistons did, I mean, Rodman getting into the league at 25, no one ever thought he would you know, have a job at 19, 20, 21, plays his first game in college at 22. Isaiah Thomas, probably the shortest superstar of all time. They had major chips on their shoulders. Everything was taken from them by the greatest player of all time. And they felt some kind of way about it, so they didn't shake hands. No big deal. Neither did LeBron when he lost to the Celtics. Remember that he took his Cleveland jersey off, didn't wear it for another four years. I'm an Isaiah fan. I've had a lot of dealings with him. I like him. He's not telling the truth. In 1988, June, when they beat Boston, Kevin McHale not only shook his hand, he went up and whispered something in his ear. And I didn't tell anybody what it was for a year. What it was was, don't be satisfied. And he says, I didn't know what really great advice I was getting. The Pistons lost to the Lakers in 88. They were happy to be there. They came back and won two more championships. We have got two more preview subject matter aspects of what you're going to see tomorrow night in the big dance, and they're big ones. You're going to want to hear about them, so don't go anywhere. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. He's McKenzie. I'm Bernie Fratto. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! We're up against it. I want to make sure. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. And if you're traveling to see your favorite team this spring, you have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports. Each Graduate Hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, and mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest, so odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games in the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduate Hotels' locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW, C-R-S-H-O-W. That's good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your stay at graduatehotels.com. Winter's coming here in L.A. That means more rain. For others, a wintry combination of sleet, slush, snow, and ice. Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires, all-weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com. Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama Tires. 
Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. Have you heard about this? They bring new tires to you at home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results and special offers. They've been at this for over 40 years. Trust me, they're the experts. That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, back on Straight Out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Before I go any further, I want to thank my broadcast team back in Los Angeles, Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, Brian Finley, turning all the dials, keeping us glued together. Thanks for everything you do. During the draft, we recognize hard work, and Lowe's has been recognizing their Red Vest associates who've been supporting the rest of us during the crisis. Join me in thanking all of the Lowe's associates and everything they're doing to support their communities during this very important time. Mackenzie, I'm very much looking forward to episode three and four of The Last Dance tomorrow night, 6 o'clock Pacific, 9 o'clock Eastern. Two more subject matter issues that I've been tipped off that we that they will delve into tomorrow, and one of them has to do with... You're going to get an up-close look and personal view of how truly competitive Michael Jordan was when he found out that in the 1989 playoffs, the media and the pundits picked the Cleveland Cavaliers to beat the Bulls. Of course, that didn't happen. But to this day, Jordan is still ticked about that. You're going to find out about that tomorrow night. And the media had good right to think that they had a chance. They had home court advantage. They had the better record. They had Mark Price, Craig Elo. They didn't have the difference, though, and that was Michael Jordan. Want to hear some stats? 40 points per game, 8 assists per game, 52% shooting, 40% from three. Honestly, when I hear stuff like that, this is just one random series out of 20. I'm like, show me one LeBron series that's half as good as that. Half as good as 40 points per game, 8 assists per game, shooting 52%. And we remember the final shot. Nice shot. No time left. He hit the shot. They win by one. Did you know that was the sixth point he had scored that minute? Show me a time where anybody else had this kind of clutch performance. It's just unheard of. Full disclosure, uh, I had the Cleveland Cavaliers that day. They were getting five points. They lost by one in game five. That was a five-game series. They didn't play games seven-game right. series, right, right. Back, back at that time. Michael Jordan willed his team to win. It was incredible, but that was the kind of dynamic he brought. And you bring up LeBron. Look, I, we're never going to settle the argument of who's the best player. I don't care. Chamberlain, Russell, Jabbar, Magic, Jordan, LeBron. I don't care. It's like arguing about your favorite noodle and a plate of spaghetti. I would just say this, and I said this to Jason McIntyre. If my life is on the line and i got to win one game, it's Michael Jeffrey Jordan, period. I don't care who else you put out there. If it's, if it's versus LeBron, 100% I take Jordan. If it's versus Magic, i got to think about it, right? <laughs> but if it's, if it, it, it always seems to harken back to Le, you know, LeBron versus Jordan. I mean, I just think you look at all-time great teams, and obviously LeBron went up against an all-time great team, but so did Michael Jordan. You know who? 
We talked about them. The bad boy Pistons. Check this out. Versus the rest of the league during their championship run, the Pistons went 22-2 and in the playoffs. Against the Bulls, they went 8-5. and No one ever has won 90% of their playoff games. The Pistons did against everyone not named Michael Jeffrey Jordan. There's been two shots in history where the ball's in the air. If it goes in, they advance. If they don't, they go home. Last year with Kawhi, although that was tied, and then Michael Jordan, 1989 Bulls, shot on ELO. Good. The Bulls win. The Bulls win. And let me tell you, those those wars, they were wars with the bad boys, were epic. That was Those were terrific Pistons teams with Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars and James Edwards and Dennis Rodman were on those. Yep. That was it was on just that. perfectly constructed. They didn't have any you know dominating physical presence, but they were unbeatable. And they were brilliantly coached by the great Chuck Daly, Daddy Rich, uh, God rest his soul, a true renaissance man, an interesting guy. And that segues the fourth subject matter you're going to find out tomorrow night, and you're going to get a close look at Phil Jackson. And somebody, somebody had to direct the reins and put that team, get that team to a situation to where the hole was better than some of its parts. You're going to get to look behind the curtain and what a master psychologist, what a master thinker, what a master teacher was with Phil Jackson, and you'll get your first introduction tomorrow night into the triangle offense. Tex Winter's brilliance, the equal opportunity offense, and here's why it's brilliant. Just kind of like a, if it's a nice dinner and you have your friends and you have your family, everyone feels like, you know what, I'm part of the team, I can speak up. But if you don't have a funny joke, if you don't have a funny story, if you don't have an opinion on a particular matter, you don't have to say anything. If Bill Wright gets the ball with 10 seconds... Yes, it's an equal opportunity offense. He knows his checks. He knows his where to go. If you wanted to score, this is what you do. You don't want to score. You want to pass it to Michael Jordan and let him do his thing when there's 10 seconds on the clock. And to that end, you're going to find some conflict because as part of the triangle offense, it's oftentimes looking to take the ball out of Jordan's hands, yeah. not put it in his hands. Somebody's got to be the sheriff. Not everybody could do that. Phil Jackson proved he could do it. And Michael Jordan became, like Ray Allen, one of the great off-ball movers. And he kind of invented a whole new type of shooting guard that, yes, can have the ball, can dribble, can isolate on the wing, but he's just as dangerous when he doesn't have the ball. We saw that in his offensive rebound numbers, and you just see that in the chemistry of the team. Jordan doesn't have the ball 80% of the time in the triangle offense, but he scores about 50% of the time because he's always moving, he's always jigging and jagging and getting himself open when you least expect it for a 15-footer. Episode one, episode two, let's review it quickly. What was your biggest takeaway? What did you learn that you didn't know? My biggest takeaway actually came the next day when Draymond Green exposed himself. (laughs) This is his hypocrisy. He said, A, Kevin Durant should have told us what he was doing, yada, yada, yada. He he ruined the team because he didn't give us the facts up front. And B, I would never criticize a teammate. Michael Jordan was wrong to criticize Scottie Pippen. He's talking out both sides of his mouth at the same time. It just shows you the Wait, heart did, of a did, champion. Did, did Draymond say, yeah. we don't need you here. We won a championship without you? That's just not the champion. What a clown. I don't, I don't know. Go ahead. It, I mean, it all actually, if you just look at the play that that all sprung from, he dribbled up and shot a shot with uh, zero seconds on the clock when you know what he should have done? Given the ball to Kevin Durant. If his heart was in to win that game and not about the narratives, not about what his legend's going to be, not about how he's going to make the Hall of Fame, he would have given the ball to Kevin Durant and given his team the best chance to win. That's what I respect most about Jordan. I've you know, gone to sleep and do his YouTube videos a hundred times you know, in a year. He wanted to win more than anything. It really well, didn't matter. He, if, if he was going to look like a loser or a winner or a fool— he was going to try to win. And that's why he gambled. It wasn't about the money. 
it was about I got to beat you. Right. I got to beat you. And right. there are stories going back to his high school days. And even at North Carolina, assistant coach Roy Williams, they would jokingly bet for a, a Coke or a nickel or a dollar or something like that. I got a famous pool hall story I'm going to tell you about, Jordan, <laughs> in a couple shows down the road. And more, uh, you know, you know, betting stories, real big time betting stories that'll that'll make you crazy. Uh, final thoughts. Just like with his gambling and with his cards, he didn't mind losing. Losing was a perfectly reasonable expectation to have eventually. But he minded not competing as hard as he could to win and finish the day knowing that he gave himself the best chance that he could. Final thoughts for me. By the way, humble brag, so far I haven't seen anything that I didn't know. And they even left one thing out. When Jordan was cut from the varsity as a sophomore, the guy that took his place was Leroy Smith. Jordan checked into a hotel with that name for many years. He was bitter. He allowed it to motivate him because Leroy Smith made the team as a sophomore and Jordan did. Thanks, McKenzie. All right, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Straight Out of Vegas. I'm Bernie Fratto. Thanks to Al Bernstein. Next up, the man from Nash who brings it strong. It's the Jason Martin Show. Straight out of Vegas! Yes! This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.